Assalamu alaikum, hello again and welcome to our second broadcast from the Emergency Department at Asir Central Hospital Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. This is uh, your friend uh, Dr. Abdillah Jedi, a new bright minded from our emergency program, Dr. Atir. Welcome, Dr. Atir. Thanks, Dr. Adila and Dr. Badir for having me in our newly born project. I'm proud to be a member of this chromatory. Uh, thank you, Dr. Atir. Can we take off now? Yes, let's buckle up. No, okay. In our previous broadcast, we covered the first A in our ABCDE, and we can jump to the B now. Uh, and the first question, which is, what does hypoxemia mean? And can you list the five pathophysiology of mechanism of hypoxia? Okay, so hypoxemia means that the partial pressure of oxygen in the blood is less than 60 millimeter mercury. And to better understand the mechanism of hypoxemia, we have to go over something called the AA gradient, which is the difference between partial pressure of oxygen in the blood and the alveolar. So, and, and this in indicates the integrity of the alveolar capillary membrane and the effectiveness of the gas exchange. So when the AA gradient is increased, that means there's a problem in the alveolar capillary membrane and there's a problem with gas exchange. Causes of hypoxemia can be divided into five categories. The first category is ventilation, perfusion, mismatch, which means that there's an airspace that's not being perfused well or there's an area that's being perfused but not ventilated well. Common cause of this is bronchial asthma, COPD, or ILD. And the management for this is oxygen and treating the underlying cause. So second category is shunting, when right-sided blood is shunted past the lungs without being oxygenated. That will lead to a wide AA gradient. Cause of that is alveolar collapse, most commonly due to ARDS, pneumonia, or pulmonary edema. This category doesn't respond to oxygen well, it rather responds to positive endospiratory pressure. The third category is decreased diffusion. Due to thickening of the alveolar capillary interface, that will lead to decreased diffusion of oxygen, and this is most commonly due to ILD. And this category responds well to oxygen. The fourth category is hypoventilation, due to lack of respiratory effort resulting in decreased partial pressure of oxygen and a high partial pressure of di carbon dioxide. And this commonly caused by drug overdose. This category is actually with a normal AA gradient. And fifth category is high altitude, which leads to a decrease in partial pressure of available oxygen. And in this category, you will have a normal AA gradient. Uh, thank you so much, Dr. Atir, for the amazing explanation. Uh, so in conclusion, we have the five categories again, the VQ mismatch, shunting, and decreased diffusion, and the hypoventilation, and the high altitude. Uh, so you mentioned the oxygen a lot, so what's our tool in the emergency department to deliver on oxygen and how much fraction of oxygen you can give through each one of them? Okay, so I will start with the most common method of oxygen delivery, which is by nasal cannula. By nasal cannula, you can deliver 1 to 6 liters per minute with an FI2 of 24 to 44%. Another method of oxygen delivery is through simple mask, with it you can de deliver 5 to 10 liters per minute with an FI2 of 35 to 60%. Another way is through a non-rebreather mask, with it you can deliver 10 to 15 liters per minute with an FI2 of 70 to even 100%. Good, so you mentioned the most common way of delivering oxygen in the emergency department, so in conclusion, and every one liter given through an oxygen device, it will increase the friction of oxygen by 4%. Uh, our third question is define the non-cardiogenic pulmonary edema. Enlighten us uh, by some example, please. 
So non-cardiogenic pulmonary edema is fluid accumulation without hemodynamic evidence of cardiogenic etiology. So the pulmonary capillary wedge pressure will be less than 18 millimeter mercury. And there are many causes of that, but I will mention the top four. So we have ARDS, high altitude pulmonary edema, re-expansion pulmonary edema, which is usually after a late expansion of a pneumothorax, or due to a large volume thoracocentesis or of up to or more than one liter of air. Another cause is drug-induced. You can remember that by the mnemonic MOPS. So M stands for meprobate, which is a precursor of benzodiazepine. O stands for opioids or naloxone. P stands for PCP. And S stands for salicylates. Well said, Dr. Athir. So our fourth question, which is a very interesting question. Uh, what do you know about finger thoracostomy? So finger thoracostomy is an alternative to needle thoracostomy for emergent decompression of attention pneumothorax. It actually hasn't been studied head-to-head -head with needle decompression, but its advantage over needle decompression is that the procedure is not limited by the needle length. And in addition, it doesn't have the risk of puncturing the lung parenchyma. So it's helpful and benign. Thank you so much, Dr. Athir, for your excellent explanation for a very debatable subject. Our last question will be about the obstructive and restrictive lung disease and could you tell us the difference between them? Okay, so I'll start by obstructive lung disease. It's characterized by limitation of airflow due to partial or complete obstruction. While in restrictive lung disease, it's characterized by reduced expansion of lung parenchyma accompanied by decreased total lung capacity. So examples of obstructive lung disease are emphysema, chronic bronchitis, bronchiectasis, and bronchial asthma. While for restrictive lung disease, examples are ILD, interstitial pneumonia, sarcoidosis. Regarding the difference between obstructive and restrictive lung disease, in obstructive lung disease, total lung capacity and forced vital capacity are normal, while they are reduced in restrictive lung disease. Another thing is that in obstructive lung disease, expiratory flow rate will be reduced, which is measured by the forced expiratory volume at one second, while it will be normal or reduced in restrictive lung disease. Another difference is that the ratio between FEV1 over forced vital capacity will be less than 80% in obstructive lung disease, while it will be normal in restrictive lung disease. I guess that's all for today. Thank you for listening to us, and special thank for our senators, Dr. Badr, for the great material. This is Dr. Abdullah and Dr. Athir signing off. Stay tuned.